and continue and uh, share a little word about hope and something we all need right now. And so tonight's crave, um, crave from our homes, isn't that interesting? Where we're just pressing into the love of God, meet Him in the midst of that place to find that love, that joy, that peace. And right now, knowing we need this hope and. When it comes to hope, the world's understanding of hope is very different than a Christian understanding or our understanding of hope. See, a worldly understanding of hope means that there is no certainty in what they say. And what I mean by that is when someone who doesn't have the hope in Christ and doesn't have a relationship with Christ, they say, I don't know what's going to happen, but I hope it happens. And when we say, well, I hope it happens, it's with uncertainty. There's no certainty there. But we find hope in the promises of God, and the strength of hope lies in his faithfulness to us. And that that we meet him there in that place, and knowing that hope, and it's very different from the world's hope. See, Christian hope is when God has promised that something is going to happen, and we put our trust in that promise. We put our trust, our hope in that promise. Christian hope is a confidence that something will come to pass because God has promised it and it will come to pass if he promised it. In Romans chapter 5, 1 through 5, maybe a scripture we're familiar with, Paul uses kind of a way that we could understand hope and understanding really our relationship with Christ and and, and it begins to reveal some things, I think, that we need to lay hold of tonight, that we're reminded on what it says in Romans chapter 5. And let me just read a little bit, uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. And I know everyone at home right now has their Bibles out, your, your tablets, so now you're trying to figure out how do I stay connected on streaming while I look something up. You have to grab another device, whatever that is, but go ahead and grab it. You can look on with us as well. It says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second because what I want you to find out what Paul's teaching us is in the very first verse, therefore having been justified by faith means that's the past, that it's happened. What Christ did is done. And now we would understand that that's done, that that's complete. And then when he says we have peace, peace is for now. That's the present right now in this moment. We have that peace with God through our, uh, that, that peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And when he goes on to talk about through whom also we have access by faith, and he talks about this rejoicing and hope of the glory of God, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, which is our future which is an understanding of an eternal life which is far greater in that gift that he gives us. But it addresses that past, present, and future. And where hope comes in, it begins to reveal to us what this means. So when Paul says he's been justified by faith, what he's saying is that it's God's righteous act of removing the penalty of sin. That that it's his righteous act that he comes and he removes that penalty of sin. And at the same time, he's declaring the sinner to be righteousness through faith in Christ's atoning sacrifice. That we, we find this righteousness in him. See, Jesus takes on our unrighteousness and we put on his righteousness. 
And, and, it, and it begins there that we understand that, that Paul says it's by faith through grace in which we stand and rejoice. And we can't stand and rejoice if we don't know first it's, it's by faith through grace. And when we know it's by faith through grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope, and that hope is in the glory of God, that we can hope in the fullness of who he is in that glory. See, if we're searching for hope right now, we will only find it by faith through grace. The world can't promise that. But that's where we find it. It's by faith, through grace. And hope is not something that we can just conjure up or, or, or fake it till we make it. It's not going to work. Hope is either we have it or we don't. And when I know many are hopeless, and what I'm telling you is I've found hope. That what Paul's describing in Romans is he's found that hope. And that hope is a gift that's given to us by grace. And all of us can share in that hope. We don't, we don't conjure it up. We don't try to make hope happen. But that we know that we discover that hope. And where that hope is found by our faith through grace in which we stand today. And we know that truth. And, and we hope is absent in our life. When hope isn't present in our life, we've put our faith in other things. We haven't put our faith in the Lord. And I know that God gives men wisdom and we trust those who lead and those in authority. But when we start looking to the world for our hope, it's going to become hopeless. We're not going to have all the answers there. We're not going to find what we're looking for in that kind of hope. But it goes on in Romans 3 through 4, and it says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces what, church? Come on, I know you're at home. I can hear you. Perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. See, we see that Paul lays out this journey to hope for us. This journey of hope starts with this tribulation through the perseverance and then perseverance, character, and character, hope. And we'll always have tribulation or suffering in this world. The problem is we don't think that we're supposed to have it, but we will. He said, in this world, there will be trials, tribulations. There will be suffering. And right now, we're experiencing that. Right now, we're experiencing a trial, a tribulation. But... but He's going on that we would know this, that, that we're going to experience this tribulation or suffering in some way, and, and we are. And right now we're probably more aware of that than maybe we've ever been aware of it before. And I think God could use this awareness in such a way that it could transform our life and transform others' lives, because we'll find hope in the midst of it. So what we have to do when tribulation comes is give glory to God. And we give glory to God in the midst of the tribulation because we know that God is with us. We know that God hasn't leaving us and God will never forsake us. So we can give glory knowing that he's meeting us here and now in that moment. That, that, that we can, our, our, our hope is in him and because our hope is in him, we can get through any trial. We can get through any tribulation because our hope is in him. But it goes on that we have to remain steadfast. We have to be steadfast in our perseverance. And that means that we'll not grow weary, that we'll not waver, but that we'll remain and that there is another side of what we're going through as we remain steadfast and, and we remind that we take on his righteousness and putting on his godly character and it's his godly character that leads to hope. That's where it's found and that's in that moment. And Paul tells us that in verse 5, now hope does not disappoint 
Because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. So hope does not disappoint. The hope that disappoints is where we've put our hope in the wrong place. We have to put our hope in Christ. We have to meet him in this moment and remind ourselves that he's not absent, but he's present, that he's very present. Why? Because he loves us. It says the love of God had been poured out. And that love of God is for all of us to receive and continue to receive. To continue to meet him moment by moment, day by day, to renew us, to refresh us, to revitalize that hope in him and knowing that truth that we can stand. See, when our hope is in the Lord, doesn't mean that we cross our fingers kind of hope. It's not a wish or a promise kind of hope. It's not the hope that we're talking about. Our hope means we expect great things from the Lord. That there's this expectancy that we have. G.K. Chesterton said this, hope means expectancy when things are otherwise hopeless. That we find this expectancy in our hope. And our biblical hope is not that we desire something good in the future. It means we are expecting something great in the future. We're expecting what God can do in the midst of our trial, in the midst of our suffering. We have to allow that love of God to be poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We have to let that love of God continually be poured out. And right now, that's my prayer for everyone who's home, that, that you would open your heart in that way, that you'd let the love of God be poured out by the Holy Spirit into your life. That you let that love that you didn't know before, an unconditional, sacrificial love, a love that paid an ultimate price for our sins, so that we can have an eternal life with our Creator, that He made a way in that love. Now, I want to pray something right now because I don't assume everyone is from church watching. Because I'm assuming everyone from church invited a friend or a neighbor. And maybe you're watching tonight because you're looking for some hope in your life, and, and it begins first with that relationship with who Christ is, where, where, where that's found and what He's done for us. And I want you to meet Him in that place. I want you to know that love that's being poured out by the Holy Spirit. So what that means is we have to surrender and turn from our way of doing things, surrender our will and our life over to his care and his love and his understanding. It means that we're going to turn and change directions. We're going to repent and turn from those things. And that promise is in that hope is there's an eternal life that's given to us. Now, if you don't know Jesus in that way, what I can tell you tonight is he really wants to know you in that way. And he loves you in spite of your unrighteousness and your sin. And how can I tell you that? Because he loved me in spite of my unrighteousness and my sin. And he met me in my darkest moment, not my greatest moment. And his love was poured out into my life. And I want his love to be poured out in your life. So if you're listening, you're watching right now, I want you to pray with me this prayer. Just say after me, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in 
take control of my life and make me the person that you want me to be. In your precious name. Amen. Church, let the love of God by the power of his Holy Spirit be poured out anew in you today. If you're weary, may you be refreshed in this moment. Allow his love, his perfect love to cast out all fear right now in the name of Jesus. Cast out all fear. Let your love abound, Lord. Give life, bring light to the darkness. You give hope, you restore.